DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to talk Aggies and Cougars tonight in Logan with the voice of the Aggies, Scotty G. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best state award winner, Smart Rain, is having an end-of-season sale on the irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Scotty G, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. So, let's cut right to the chase. Your Aggies are playing the Cougars. And if your Aggies perform in the red zone the way they did a year ago, it's going to be good. A week ago. A week ago. A year ago. A week ago. A year ago. A year ago. A year ago wasn't good either. Actually, they never got in the red zone, though. (laughs) It... It'll be it'll be ugly, but if they finish drives they did uh, in the fourth quarter at Wazoo and in the next two games, uh, we should have a really good game on our hands. Have you got any inclination which way this is going to go, or are you going to show up wondering like the rest of us? Uh, I think I'm more of the latter. Uh, that's I mean, you hit it right on the head, and I think Boise State, this is a really fun, dynamic offense that Blake Anderson's got at Utah State, uh, and uh, they had – especially in the first half, no problem going from the 20 to the 20 against Boise State. But then the Broncos really tightened things up. They bracketed some guys. Uh, Devin Tompkins, a dynamic receiver, but he's 5'8", 155. And, uh, and so they, they said, we're not going to let this guy beat us, and we're going to make uh, other guys come up and try to get open. And Utah State struggled with it. Uh, in talking to some of the coaches this week, they said it was more execution on our part, more than what Boise State did. And I'm sure that Truth on that's probably somewhere in the middle, but uh, but yeah, they've got to be much much cleaner because uh, field goals are not going to be BYU tonight, or frankly, even stay in the game with BYU tonight. Yeah, plus I'm wondering about their field goal unit and how uh, capable it is. Obviously, it didn't look good right there. Uh, do you think they've got any tricks up their sleeve? Maybe to use uh, two quarterbacks or whatever it might be. Well, I mean, according to Blake Anderson, and I think he told you guys this as well on Monday, and he's told you know, us throughout the week is that they're going away from that. Um, I'm sure that there will be uh, some packages with uh, Andrew Peasley, maybe some goal line or short yardage things to take advantage of his, of his legs. Uh, but they, you know, now granted it could be a smoke screen uh, going into a BYU week, uh, but they've, he's, he's been pretty upfront saying that he didn't like the way that they used both quarterbacks last week. They felt like it kind of got each one of them out of a rhythm. So if you believe what they've said, it's going to be mostly Logan Bonner this game. Now, if there's something up their sleeve, uh, look, let's be honest. You know, they, they love trick plays, and Blake Anderson likes to get crazy, and that fake punt was certainly one of them. I would not be surprised if they try to, you know, do something to try to steal a possession or uh, shift momentum. So I'm sure he's probably got something up his sleeve if he gets what he uh, gets a look that he likes. We saw BYU throw deep balls with ridiculous ease against South Florida. Are the Aggies ready to handle that? Uh, I, I, I know that they're aware of it. I know that they're concerned about it. And I think they will do everything in their power to slow it down. Uh, they are a little banged up. I mean, you've got Dominic Tatum, who is probably their best, uh, best defensive back, uh, is out for the se- Well, I don't know if he's out for the season. He's out, Coach said, a, an extended amount of time. Uh, with an injury. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the personnel is going to be uh, aware of it. Whether they can slow it down is going to be another question, but uh, they're game planning against it, and they know that 
there's a serious amount of weapons. I also know that there's really concerned about the tight ends. I know BYU hasn't placed a whole lot of emphasis on using those guys so far, but uh, the tight end position as it should, because BYU's loaded, uh, is a big concern of theirs as well. So, I mean, it's it's gotten everybody's attention in Logan for sure, this offense, regardless of whether it's Jaron Hall or Baylor, Baylor Romney. We know in a surprise move, not necessarily by saying it, but that it actually happened, Kyle Whittingham said that BYU controlled both lines of scrimmage against the Utes, which is just like uh, unbelievable considering the Ute program and the emphasis they put on it. What are you looking there for in the battle of uh, the trenches between both teams? And does one, did the Cougars have a decided advantage? Because obviously, according to Whittingham, they had it against the Utes. Well, Ephraim uh, Banda, who's the defensive coordinator, told me, he said, this is the, and he came from the University of Miami. He was the co-defensive coordinator there. And he said, this is the best offensive line I've seen since they played Notre Dame a couple of years ago. He put it right up there with Wisconsin when they played them. So it, it's, it's, it's a difficult task. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw all different kinds of looks because right now, I don't know, man up that, uh, that, that they'll be able to get a lot of pressure just uh, trying to size up against these guys. I think you can anticipate probably a lot of twists, uh, you know, a lot of action with those defensive linemen to try to create some opportunities. I don't know if they're going to bring a lot of blitzes. I probably would try to uh, and do something to try to generate a pass rush. Uh, it's something that they're obviously really concerned about, and they know that that front four is a real big problem, or that front five is a real big problem. Now, on the other side, a defensive line, you know, Utah State's running the ball for 200 yards a game. So I think that there's some confidence there that they'll be able to run the ball a little bit against Utah State. You know, Calvin Tyler's been a really good running back. Uh, the offensive line's got a good push. They know that, that uh, one of the strengths of Washington State actually was their offensive line, and they felt like they handled that pretty good. So from an offensive side, I think, they feel like they, there's some opportunities there uh, against that BYU offensive line. I know there's a whole lot of concern about trying to get a pass rush against those guys. Okay, this is a small thing, and it doesn't matter, but everybody is talking about it. <laughs> and I think Kalani even mentioned it. The fact they switched the benches and the visitors are now right in front of the student section. What, what was the reason for that? Is it overblown? Does it have that big an impact? I mean, I know it's like a natural bowl inside that stadium, but what do you think about all that? Explain it. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal because the Utah State student section is probably the most well-behaved, courteous, nicest, uh, you know, group of uh, group of fans. <laughs> I think he meant, but, but whatever. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't. I mean, I, I haven't asked anybody. I think it probably is to try to get inside the head of the opponent. I don't know if it actually works or not, uh, but I think it's 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 fun. I mean, it's a it's a pretty aggressive student section, um, and you hope they mind their p's and q's and are respectful with what they do. But yeah, it's it's certainly intended to uh, try to uh, rattle the cages a little bit. And again, I don't know if a player if it really works that much, but uh, but they're certainly going to give it a shot. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be some things said tonight that probably aren't the most appropriate things on the planet. I wouldn't endorse doing anything like that, but had <laughs> <That> a kid. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen in the Mountain West? Because we're hearing all sorts of reports that uh, CSU and Air Force are taking off. Yeah, it seems. Uh, and again, just reading between the lines, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that those guys are gone. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah I 
I don't know why, honestly. Air Force, I, I guess, if you want to be with, with the other uh, service academies, I guess that makes sense. Colorado State makes no sense to me. Uh, if your hope is to get to the Big 12, then I think the Mountain West is probably your best route to get there. But let's be honest. I mean, Colorado State, Claiming they bring the Denver market is like saying San Jose State will bring the Bay Area. I mean, nobody really cares about Colorado State. So I just, I mean, I guess that's that's nice, and you have big, big hopes and aspirations. But I just Boise moves the meter, BYU moves the meter, uh, Colorado State. I don't remember the last time anybody's lining up to watch the Rams play football, which they haven't done very well uh, for the last. Uh, well, how long has Sonny Lubick been gone? Long time. So it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> Pete Thamel tweeting out 18 minutes ago, sources, Air Force and Colorado State will be staying in the Mountain West. They've been courted and considered uh, along with Boise State and San Diego State, but all four schools will remain in the Mountain West. That's Pete Thamel reporting that. Really? Yahoo Sports. All right. Well, I I stand corrected, obviously. I mean, I'll tell you this. I mean, uh, and DJ, you and I have talked a little bit about this off the air. Um, Let's just say this. There were a considerable amount of uh, schools in the Mountain West that were pretty much planning on them leaving. And so uh, whatever happened, I don't know what uh, what may have changed over the last two days or so, but let's just say there was a strong contingency of Mountain West officials and Mountain West um, athletic directors that anticipated that they would be down to uh, 10, 10 teams. Craig Thompson, the guy's a genius. He's like you know, David Craig, Copperfield, isn't he? He just works magic. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, I mean, he comes across a little bumbly at times. But remember, in 2010, when yes. BYU oh, was yeah. in cahoots with the yep, WAC, yep, yep, and yeah. and Craig and Craig sniffed it out and blew it up in a hurry. He so, did, absolutely, I mean, props, he did. Props to him. After I was told it was done, I went to the gym and saw yep. on the ticker and the TV that those other two were San Jose and Fresno. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So yeah, he did. Same. He thwarted he thwarted them big I think, time. I mean, the Mountain West, it is what it is, and I don't want to oversell it, but they got a good thing going. And it's probably a better thing now that the AAC lost their top three teams. The odds of them getting yeah. it, you know, have probably improved the odds of them uh, getting into the playoff, the invitational, um, whatever it looks like when it is expanded. You know, those are all positives. To do that kind of far-flung geography, I mean, if you're getting Big 12 money, and I don't know what they're going to end up with, 15, 20, 25 million team, whatever it is, that would be so much. I would get any team that went after that, and I would assume it would be Boise State and Memphis, but that's just me guessing. Um, take that. But the, but the other stuff, this makes no sense. So cooler heads prevailed, Scotty. Cooler heads well, prevailed. Well, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, right. I just I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And I get that. You might get a hair more TV money, but I mean, you know, TV negotiations better than anybody. They were going oh, yeah, to cut that AAC down. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, right? And <laughs> just ask him, right? You know, and so he did that, not me. You, you started. <laughs> he escalated it. You started it. I no, I just got uh, high load. I got I'm sh- like the kid at the bus stop. <laughs> I you nailed down behind me. And he last night, me I got blamed for something I had nothing to do. And you actually, it was 180 degrees off target. Yeah, and now here, same thing. Not at all. Not Morning, at all. noon, and night, it yeah. never changes. You are the victim. You got you got chop blocked pretty good. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Jeez. Really, I feel like I, my ACL just got hit by Air Force. 
<laughs> Entire program. Well, if, yep. they went to the a- if they went to the AAC, I mean, fine. Let let somebody else pay for their ACL surgeries right. for their kids. Exactly. Uh, but uh, if they're staying put, I mean, it makes sense. So I'm I'm glad to see it. Yeah, it's where they belong. It really is. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, to send your volleyball team to East Carolina and send your <laughs> soccer team to, to South Florida. I mean, I mean, it's a fun place to go to, but let's not kid ourselves. That's not cheap. Right, right. It just they, of, of all the programs, they belong. I mean, they're right in the smack of the center, and the the two of them. And, and plus, it's it, if it was the AAC expanding with the teams that didn't leave for the Big Twelve, I could understand it more. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and that makes sense. And Boise, I think at one point was trying to secure that. Right. Uh, but. Now, if I'm the Mountain West, I turn around and I look. I'm like, all right, so you made a run at us. Hey, Memphis, why don't you park your basketball teams here for a couple of years while you're waiting for the Big 12? Instead of you going to South Florida, why don't you go to the UNLV and the Pitt and San Diego State? Let's go. That's a good basketball uh, league right there then. Yeah. Absolutely. So if, you know, you almost got your legs cut off, I think it's time to probably do the same to somebody else. Oh, I like it. I love that. I don't buy you. Don't buy me out. I buy you out. Yeah, that a kid. I like that. You know, Southern Idaho might not be New Jersey, but you know we can be vindictive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Scotty G, the atmosphere tonight is the crowd going to be eighty twenty Utah State seventy thirty? What are you thinking for the BYU Utah State game? Well, this game sold out. Uh, almost a week and a half ago. Um, and so that leads me to believe that there's some BYU fans that snatched up some tickets. And I had a, and I, I, I will not name names because frankly, nobody knows who it is, but I have a good friend of mine and Hans and I were talking about this on the air. He has uh, four tickets. He's a diehard Aggie fan, big time supporter. And he had a BYU fan that came in and said, I will give you, uh, I'll give you $1,200 for those four tickets that he paid probably maybe a hundred, 150 for. And he said, yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of Royal blue in that stadium tonight. It would not surprise me at all. If there's a heavy contingency of BYU fans in that stadium. So, uh, I would say probably 65, 35, 60, 40, somewhere in that range. But I think there's going to be a big contingency of BYU fans in that stadium. Scotty G as always, we appreciate it. Good luck on the call tonight. Enjoy the game. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Scotty G, the voice of the Aggies, talking BYU and Utah State right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More football on a football Friday next. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. Everywhere I go, what do you think of Rudy Gay and Jared Butler? And I was like, I think about Hassan Whiteside. All those conversations about Butler and Trent Forrest and Eric Pascal. The one that slides my meter of where the Jazz are and who they are is Hassan Whiteside. We were horrendous defensively with Rudy off the floor last year. Like, we actually had a glaring statistical weakness defensively for 14 minutes a night, every night, on a team that was the best record in the NBA. If we're, like, above average or even good because Hassan Whiteside is 7-1 with a 7-5 wingspan? Hassan Whiteside is good. Lights out. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 
and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Game night tonight. It's BYU. It's Utah State. The wagon wheel. More importantly, it's a 4-0 BYU team that's ranked 13th in the country that has a chance to have a really big season. And it's a 3-1 Utah State team with a new coaching staff that got started, had all kinds of momentum, but they lost 27-3 to Boise State. There are a few positives they could take away from it, but it's still a 24-point loss. And that momentum they had in the first three games could really be gone if this game goes sideways on them. Well, yeah, I agree with that on the surface and probably deep down too. But the thing about it is the problem with the Utah State going with them first, because I agree with your saying, the, the way they lost was just a downer and a bummer. Now, if they come out and lose 27-24, it's still a loss. There's no question about it, you know, and you don't want anything to be settling any form of acceptance over losing. But you can build momentum going forward because at that point, BYU is, what, 5-0? and zero. They're, four, they're cracking a top 10. I know we had on Rubel yesterday, and he was talking about tough games, and I get it. When you're invested like that to that level of emotion, everything is tough. Uh, because you're you just you know want them to win so bad, and I believe the Baylor game is tough, but right now they should be able to. They stand a good chance to win the rest of their games, uh, and I, I don't know that they will. You know, Greg could have literally be uh, mm, right I on think. his mark, but if you're from the Utah State perspective, if you play these guys close, you can reestablish that momentum. If you get smoked, I agree with that, yeah. then, then I'm right with you. Right, yeah. It depends on what the game looks like. If it's close and it's competitive, it's a tough fourth quarter. It went your way in the fourth quarter at Air Force, and it went your way in the fourth quarter at Wazoo. If it doesn't go your way in the fourth quarter this time, uh, I don't think, given the caliber of competition they have left on their schedule this year, I think they can still win a lot of games and have a great year. If you lose by 24 again, well, then you might feel different. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that could be a problem. And but here's you the, keep shooting yourself in the foot, as you say. Yeah, right. Um, I think that... Um, the huge X factor in all of this, and I think this goes to um, the point Greg makes about the schedule being tough going forward. Um, it depends on a lot of things. Are you trying to get to eight and four and nine and three, or are you thinking ten and two, eleven and one, or twelve and zero? You know, I don't think the Ooh. schedule's very tough for getting to eight and three or nine and four. Excuse me, uh, eight and four or nine and three. I think that schedule's very doable for doing that, and I expect they will do that at this at point. Minimum, yeah, right yeah, yeah. now. If you're talking 10 and 2 or better, okay, yeah, then the then the schedule's tough. And I think the X factor in here is BYU had a lot of guys hurt, and Kalani has told us a lot about the depth and how much better the depth is. And I think we've already seen that the depth is better, but is the depth good enough to handle what's coming up? And are there gonna be more injuries? They could be down yes. one or two offensive linemen in this Utah State game. I think they can negotiate that and win this game. It's not ideal. They could be missing some important guys. I think they got enough depth to get through. But somebody out there is like, DJ, they're playing a football game. What if another guy or two goes down? Well, that's an excellent point, and that could be a big problem. I don't think they have that kind of depth. Maybe they do. We don't really know yet. Where I think there's a big question, I already have questions about the depth on defense. I think the issues on offense, they can negotiate. I think Gunnar Romney is good enough to win the game. Sucks Baylor, Baylor. Baylor. Gunnar Romney. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Baylor Romney is good enough to win the game. As your backup Gunner's quarterback, good. Gunner is good. There's a <laughs> lot of skilled players. Losing, um, losing Wake, losing Mason Wake, 
that's not good because he's made plays. But you got a lot of guys who can make plays. I think you can negotiate I'd that. I agree on all that. Defensively, though, I think we were already seeing slippage in the second half against South Florida. And defensively, if you have guys out of position, guys who blow assignments, guys who make mistakes, maybe guys who just aren't big enough or fast enough, we've seen Utah State. You make a mistake, they've got the speed. That's it. This is South Florida. You made a mistake. They converted third and five. They got a new set of downs, and they kept driving. Utah State, you make a mistake, 50, 75 yards, wherever the goal line is, they're getting to it. And they showed that against Air Force. So I got questions, and I think going going forward. Now, some of these guys who are hurt may not be out. They may be back. Maybe they're only going to be out one game, so it may not even be an issue against Boise State. I don't have a good feel for what the defense is going to look like. Well, I do think that that some of those guys were, what was the word I'm looking for, cautionary? Uh-huh. Uh, the, the Peely loss is dramatic. Yes. I mean, he's a very good player. I, I said when he got hurt against the Devils that it was it's a big loss. arguably the best defensive player, the best linebacker, I thought, and arguably the best defensive yeah. player. It's a big so loss. So that's a significant loss, um, but you know, that's, the, that's the sucky portion of the game. It truly does suck in that regard, and that's the way we are across the board, no matter who's injured and, what, and you know, where they play or who they play or who they play for. I mean, uh, but I do think they can be okay defensively right now uh, because I think they'll get some of these kids back, and they they don't have big time depth. And let's just let's just call it like it is. They just don't, you know. I I, I don't I don't see it. Uh, you can have depth and you can have players. And the great thing about it is, I think they're as they continue to develop a program. These second team, third team guys will continue to move up the rung and ladder, so they'll get better at what they're doing, and they'll be able to improve their depth. But do they have enough over the course of the schedule? Uh, depending on what position they take a hit on, uh, no. Uh, but do they have enough to win tonight, which is the task at hand? Then yes. And if they can come out of this healthy, which is always an if. I had a, I had a friend of mine whose son but played football at a high level. I think I've said this on the air. Uh, and he said, after every season, you breathe a sigh of relief yeah. uh, that your kid didn't suffer something extremely dangerous uh, or serious, I should say. And this is a kid who was in NFL camps. Uh, so his dad told me, a friend of mine, that he would just always breathe that sigh of relief. Okay, the kid's in one piece, you know, didn't have the concussions, blah, blah, blah. So you're going to have it. There's just no question about it. But if they can come out of this one healthy, you know, then they've got an extra day uh, to see about it. But everybody's got them, man. I mean, the Devils, they were out without their top running back. It okay, does, so I doesn't get much run because nobody cares. Right. But, I, but I'm with you. So you've got questions about BYU's twos and threes and their depth and how good sure. it is. And that, if you're playing your twos and threes, the schedule is good enough to give you three or four losses. These games down can the get line. Away. Yeah. Right. If if those other guys don't come, come back, back by right. then. Exactly. And that's I'm why I'm talking said, about tonight. I think they've got enough yeah. tonight. I'm picking BYU tonight, too. Uh, and obviously most people are. I mean, that's why Vegas has set the line they've set. But that could change in a hurry if if Utah State starts breaking big plays on the defense. Uh, and yeah, if they, and if they get some more guys injured. But I, I think they'll be okay. And I, But I expect Utah State to really give those dudes a huge run for the money, man. I'm excited for them to see them play. I would think you're right. Mostly because we haven't seen BYU blow anybody out now. Now, they'll open up leads. 
They get double-digit leads. They get up. But everybody has come back and fought back to the edge of the game. Now, nobody's really been on the verge of beating them. There's always been a certain comfort level. Even as you watch South Florida put together all those long drives, you're like, time and score, time and score. Rick Majerus beat it into your head in college basketball, but it's true in every sport with a clock. Yeah, and there just wasn't enough time. Television, they'd put on time and temperature. That's kind of obsolete. You don't need that anymore. You need, you need time and score. Time and score in sports, yeah. but the television, they endure sometimes commercial breaks, just, they put on time right. and temperature. It's just for convenience. You yeah. don't need to do that anymore because yeah. I got my phone. I Tell me my time. And I can find the temperature anywhere in the world. That's true. Like, name a spot. No. <laughs> Nova London. Scotia. London. Boom. London? Okay. <laughs> London? I can give you the Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> uh, so I guess the question then is, if Utah State gets down 10, 14, 17, whatever it is, are they poised enough? And if their coaches coach them up enough, no matter what happens, keep playing. We know these guys can break big plays. You can be back in a game real quick when you go 70 yards for a touchdown with either a running play or a passing play. Your yeah. run game or your throw game can get you 70 yards in a heartbeat. We saw it against North Dakota and Air Force. So even if it looks like they're down, they could be back in the game. And BYU has let everybody, everybody back in the game. There isn't once where they've gotten their two or three score lead and then pushed it out to five scores and won in a laugh and pulled all the starters. Mm-hmm. They're 4-0. They haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Everybody got back in the game. Arizona State probably was the biggest threat. Arizona was briefly. Briefly. Most of these briefly. games they've had, they've had under control. They've, they've been fine. Well, they got to show some more consistency on both sides of the ball. For sure. I don't know that the offense can be better than it was against South Florida. They had they had eight possessions. They got five touchdowns. And on one possession, they were trying to score there and trying to run out the clock, and they did. So six drives get an A+. You can't do better than touchdowns and run out the clock to win the game. You punt in the first half. All right, we, we can complain about that. But I don't think one punt in a game is the end of the world. And they did get stuck once in the red zone and have a field goal blocked, and that's not good. So you got me on two drives, but six of the eight drives are a total win. If your offense wins six out of every eight drives, you're a very good football team. So yeah, they just got to sustain like what they did. Two or three score margin of victories. Yeah. That would particularly be good. if you play a better offensive team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, if that offense for South Florida got cooking a little earlier, you, know, you play the if game so you can go back and forth a hundred times on that. But they haven't but, played anyone that looks like the big play threat. Now, maybe, no. maybe BYU, everything's on film now, and maybe people are catching up to Utah State. And hey, you just don't, you just keep a safety over the top of Devin Tompkins because you're just not going to let him. You just can't let the other play, other teams most explosive. I think there's player teams that you. can score on BYU going forward, and they're going to have to match it a little bit more. Well, that's, we haven't, what we haven't seen is the game where both teams are in the 30s right. and BYU right. finds a way to win. Right. You get into the 40s, you're getting into wacky whack territory. And those games always seem to be uh, Yeah, I don't know if there'll be two, but the Air Force did it over there right. with uh, I bet a 34-30 or 38-31 game. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Utah State got 40, what, 49 on those guys? Perhaps I should have said 34-31 upon further Ooh, review. I see what you did. Yeah. Now. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So much change between then and now. It's a great day to be a, uh, a Cougar, man. They got that commitment from the Speedster down at Corner Canyon. Hagen, that a lot of people thought he was going to Stanford, mm-hmm. and they were able to get him committed. Now he's going to go on a mission, so he'll be a Big 12 guy. But right off the bat, man, I, I can't say they flipped him, 
because he hadn't been committed to someplace else. But, but it's a good win. There have been enough players yeah. who've gone to Stanford, and let's underline that, enough receivers who've gone to Stanford. Tight ends, wideouts. Oh, everybody. That's that's a good win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, NFL guy with the Cowboys now. Yeah, Stanford I don't know that guy. BYU was in the running for him. I think it was more Utah. Yeah. But uh, the Seems situation welcome. being that they got a local kid, a bread-and-butter kid, LDS kid, you got to get those kids. You just absolutely do. And we'll see if he stays committed. He says he's 100% committed and he goes on a mission. Two years is a long time. Lots of stuff can yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, BYU football for just two years ago was in a eh, kind of a mediocre spot at best. And now they have a chance to go 5-0. and zero, And they're getting one of the top players in the state. Certainly top skill players. And, and I can't go into more, but... But I've been told that's not the end of it over there. We'll see. All right. We'll see. But they were in a eh, place, 27 and 25 over four years. Ooh. But now look at him. That's no contract extension. Now look at 15 and one over 16 games. That's amazing. Well, yeah, now you're talking. One, that adds up to 16. You, you got me. There you go. Yeah. All right, DJ PK, there's a look ahead. The wagon wheel tonight. BYU and Utah State in Logan. You'll hear it right here on the Zone Sports Network. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies welcome in BYU to Maverick Stadium for another chapter in their long rivalry with the Cougars. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action, beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6 on 1280 AM, with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football the 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK, yeah. you and I always weigh in on how it's going to turn out. But what do the people think about BYU and Utah State? You tell me. Patrick, I don't care. What? Why would you post if you don't care? Because you're a Ute fan well, and you're trying to make a point. Well, I mean, if you know, two, two different things there. Maybe you don't care about the outcome, because I personally don't care about the outcome, but I care about the game. So maybe you don't care about the outcome, but you care about the game. Because I rarely care about the outcome of a game, but I care about the game. So maybe he means that. If he means he doesn't care about even bother to watch it, why would you post? I think generally, Ute fans will root for Utah State and then laugh at BYU if they lose. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I That's agree what that. I would expect. I agree with that, yeah. Uh, Rick says, I hope Utah State wins, but honestly, if they play like they did against Boise State... And BYU plays as well as they have in the previous games this season. Utah State will be destroyed. Well, I think that's what Blake Anderson said on Monday. We've got to play much better. We've got to play near perfect, uh, mistake-free, blah, blah, blah. If we do that, we've got a chance. I agree with Coach Blake Anderson when he said that on Monday. Can they do it? It's very difficult to do for any team. Uh, but if they can do it, yeah, 
They've got some playmakers on this team. Bonner is somebody who can move the ball through the air, and they've got a couple of receivers, you know, decent. Running back's okay. So, yes, I think they got a shot. John says it'll be a tough game for BYU. Utah State will pull it out with help from the home crowd. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, because BYU's home crowd has been getting a lot of run this year uh, by opposing teams. Multiple. So, actually, uh, all three games that they've had, the, the, opposed, the, the, the people have spoken about that deal. That's good to see for BYU to get that thing back. Uh, but now you're going to go into uh, your first hostile environment, as they say. So How are you going to handle it? Aggie fans should be all fired up for sure. Chad says 69 to nothing Cougars ain't no guess. So you'll give me 68 points. You should take that. I will. <laughs> Neither one of us are big gambling guys, but that's not really a gamble. That's a sure thing. Yeah. Tanner says Cougs win easy, but he will not give you the 68 points. Uh, easy. I think there's an easy versus comfortably. Daniel says BYU will win by around nine points, which is about where they've been in most of their wins this year. Eight, nine, ten, eight. See, they've won comfortably. But not easily. But not easily. Right. Totally agree. It is about time that they get one of these leads and then they finish the game off in style. They beat somebody by 20 or 30. It looked like they were on their way to it multiple times. I was sure they were on their way to it against Arizona, and I was absolutely wrong. But when they had Arizona at 21-3, I thought, oh, this is about to get ugly. I bought into the Arizona is a better team hype, and so far it looks like that was a wrong buy-in. All right, DJ PK, stay with us. More football coming up right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's a football Friday. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment.